Right on, how are we all doing today? Well, welcome. It's so good to be with you guys today, whether you're with us online, if you're with Pastor Wes out in Ogallala, or if you're with Pastor Nate in North Platte, thanks for connecting, thanks for being here today. I believe, and I hope you're believing the same, that you're going to be blessed by being a part of service today, wherever you are. Uh, this is the final Sunday in our teaching series, Say Yes, and it's been an amazing series. If you've gotten something out of this, if it's encouraged you in your faith, will you just give God a little bit of praise right now? If you've enjoyed this series, we've been talking about what we should say yes to, and we know that anything we say yes to often means a no to something else, and so it's been all about priorities to kick off this year and make sure that 2022 can be the best year possible. The first Sunday of the series, Pastor Jeff walked us through the importance of saying yes to weekend worship, why it matters to gather, why it matters to be together, and, and really follow God's instruction on regularly meeting together to worship Him and enjoy being together. We've also talked about serving. We've talked about life groups. And I want you guys to know, I, I think this is something we're celebrating. We've had 148 Say Yes cards turned in this series. Can we just encourage those that have said yes with one of those cards today, that we're excited for you, we're proud of you for making that decision. And, and those cards, they represent people that have said yes to Jesus, that have received his salvation. There are people saying yes to water baptisms. Those are going to be coming up March 13th. Don't miss that Sunday. It's going to be an amazing Sunday. Well, today we get to cap things off with a message on generosity. Saying yes to generosity. And I think sometimes when you're familiar with the word, it's helpful to go back to just figure out what the definition is. Remind ourselves of what the definition is. And so as I was preparing for today, I looked up the definition of generosity, and it's simply this. It's the quality of being kind. The quality of being kind. Synonyms for generosity are things like lavishness, open-handedness unselfishness. And as I was looking it up, there was only one antonym given, meanness. All right? So I think it's pretty obvious which one we want to be a part of. Would you rather be a part of generosity, unselfishness, lavishness, open-handedness, or meanness? All right? And if you're thinking meanness, can I lovingly call you Scrooge and say that I hope that God warms up your heart and by the end of today you're choosing generosity? When you are generous, you're, given, you're giving more of something than is necessary or expected. You're not giving just the bare minimum. You're not refusing to give at all, but yet you're giving more of something than what is expected or is necessary. Why are we talking about generosity as a part of this Say Yes series? Well, throughout this series, we've been studying the early church. We've looked at the early church found in Acts chapter 2, and looked at what are the characteristics, what are the things that are told about the early church that we should then make sure that we see in our church here in 2022. So as we've read it before, uh, you may have caught this word or maybe it wasn't really on your radar. Maybe it didn't stand out to you before. But today we're talking about generosity and we're going we're gonna to see that that word is included when describing the early church. So let's take a look at Acts chapter 2. And read through verses 42 through 47 again. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. 
A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy. And say it with me, generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now as we read through this, we clearly see the connection to what we're saying yes to here. Saying yes to worship, to serving, to meeting together regularly in biblical community in what we call life groups. And generosity is one of the defining characteristics that we read about when we read through that little description of the early church. Now, I know this might be kind of hard for us to really even fully comprehend, but imagine if 2,000 years from now, in the year 4,022, there were people that were, I don't know, maybe mining Facebook, if that's even still around, or Instagram, or maybe there's something written about us, New Life Church, in 2022. Wouldn't it be really cool if they looked at us and they thought, man, that was a generous church? full of people that were generous. They didn't just give, you know, the bare minimum, or they weren't, weren't stingy, but yet they were the people that gave above and beyond. They gave more than what was necessary. They gave more than what was expected. I don't know about you, but I would love if that is a characteristic of our church, that we are a generous church. And I don't think it, it's wrong to desire that as a person. I would love for somebody to look at me and say, man, Dave, he's generous. He's generous. I've maybe benefited from his generosity. Today we're going to ask and answer three questions surrounding generosity. The first is going to be this. Why should I say yes to generosity? Before you commit to something, it's, it's healthy to understand the why behind what it is that you're being asked to do or being prompted to do. So we're going to ask, why should I say yes to generosity? And then secondly, we're going to move on to what do I have to be generous with? As you kind of take an inventory of your life, you'll see that you have what it takes to be generous. And then third, if you know the why and the what, how can I become generous? So let's look at the first question. Why should I say yes to generosity? The first thing that I want us to understand today is that when we say yes to generosity, it expands our view of who God is. When we say yes to generosity, our view of who God is, the size of God, what he is capable of, continues to expand the more generous that we are. Here at New Life, we have a core value that, that says you can't outgive God. And I'll be honest, when we, when we first started these core values a number of years ago, that was the one that was always tricky for me because it just, it's just kind of interesting in the way that it's worded. You can't outgive God. And there are times where I've looked at that and I've just thought, man, I don't know how inspirational that is. Maybe it's just my personality, but I feel like sometimes, well, if I can't outgive him, I should just give up. Why give it all? But that's not the healthiest mentality. That's not the healthiest heart to have. So let me give you an example of how, when we are generous, we find that we can't outgive God and his, the, our view of him just continues to expand in a really healthy way. 
Back a number of years ago, I was attending Flatland Church in Omaha, and I was teaching in a completely different area of town than where the church was located. And so I was driving 30 minutes one way, multiple times a week to go and be involved at this church. And so I, I got a Toyota Corolla. I get it. Not like the classiest vehicle, not the, the one that's really going to wow you, but I love this vehicle because it was dependable and it got good gas mileage. And I was a teacher. I didn't have an abundance of wealth. I needed a dependable vehicle and one that gave me good gas mileage. And so I drove this Corolla for a few years. And then I met my wife, Tiffany, and, and we get married. And we happened to drive this Corolla out to a restaurant. We were meeting up with some other leaders from Flatland for this special dinner. And while we're sitting there at dinner, all of a sudden this massive hailstorm goes through the area Multiple windshields out in the parking lot have been shattered, and, and we go out, and the, the, the dependable Corolla doesn't have any broken windows, but come to find out, it has $6,500 worth of damage to it, all right? And I'm sitting there, not really brokenhearted because I'm not a car guy. It really didn't matter that much, and so I'm just kind of looking at it, and I'm like, man, $6,500 worth of damage. That's a lot of damage, but it's all cosmetic, and so I'm going to just keep driving this vehicle the way it looks. And I don't care if it's beat up or not, if it's still going to get me where I need to go, and it's still going to get good gas mileage, then it's still the car for me. And so we hang on to that money, and we end up using that to go to this, this car dealership. And we're like, okay, we've got two vehicles. We need to trade in for an SUV. We're, we're starting a family. We need a little more space. And they said, well, we'll give, you, we'll give you $1,500 for Tiffany's vehicle, or we'll give you $2,500. Now, keep $2,500 in mind, okay? And we looked at kind of the, our options, and we just said, the Corolla, it's worth more than that to us. We'll get more use out of it than $2,500. So we hang on to it. And then a little bit of time goes by, and lo and behold, God opens up a door for us to move to North Platte. And we say, okay, when we move out there, we're not going to need this Corolla anymore. So how about we give it to your sister Christian? Tiffany's sister Christian, she had this car that was not dependable. It was not a Toyota Corolla. It would break down on the side of the road. It was constantly needing fixed. She's married. She has two young kids that she's driving around in this vehicle that's not dependable. And we just said, you know what, let's just give it to Christian. Let's give it to her. Let's be generous. Let's just show her that we love her and that we want her to have something dependable so she can get to work, she can get to school, she can, you know, be, uh, she can rely on this vehicle to be a safe vehicle for her and her, her kids. And so she drives it for a couple of years, and then she gets rear-ended in a car accident. That's not her fault. So guess what her insurance company gives her? They give her a check. How much is it for? Not $2,500. $5,600. And we were like, let, I mean, seriously, that only God would take something we could have $2,500 for. We give it generously to Christian. She uses it for a number of years, then gets rear-ended, and God more than doubles what she was given. So it's an example of how we can't outgive God. I think of that story often, and it just reminds me that we can't outgive him. That when we give and we give with the right heart, God blesses that and does more than we could ever do on our own. When generosity expands your view of who God is and, and what he's capable of doing, then it keeps you humble because you realize your place. You realize just how big God is and how his thoughts are higher than your thoughts and his ways are beyond your ways. 
and it keeps you grateful. It keeps you humble. And that leads us to the next reason why we should say yes to generosity. Generosity keeps your heart healthy. It's a humble act that honors God's generosity towards us. You see, the generosity gets its origin in God's love. We are not generous just because we're good people and we decide to be generous, but we are generous because we worship a God who was first generous. Can somebody say amen to that? One of my favorite verses, it's kind of an anchor verse for my life. I think of it often, I quote it often, and yet as I was preparing for this message today, And as I was looking at scripture and I was thinking about what I would use and what God wanted me to use to illustrate that God was first generous, I have to go to Romans 5.8. And a few days ago as I was putting my notes together and I decided I need to use Romans 5.8, in full disclosure, I just sat in my office and I wept thinking that I've been the beneficiary of God's generosity His overwhelming grace, his overwhelming love, his forgiveness. What does Romans 5, 8 say? Let's read it together. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. If you're a sinner in this place, if you're a sinner in Ogallala or North Platte or online, then and you've surrendered your life to Christ, you have to realize that God was first generous with you. Because while you and I were still sinners, he loved us enough that he sent his best to this world as a sacrifice for you and for me. It doesn't get much more generous than that. In fact, I would say it doesn't get any more generous than the fact that he loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus for us. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is the ultimate act of generosity. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, then you're the beneficiary of his generous love, his grace, his mercy. Again, generosity keeps your heart healthy. If you find right now that we're talking about generosity and and you have a reluctance to give, you, you don't necessarily find that your life has been in alignment with generosity. This can be an indicator that you've got some some unhealth happening in your heart. Maybe there's pride that is looking at your possessions or your finances or your time and and you're saying, this is mine. I've earned this. I'm going to decide what to do with it. It can be an indicator of pride if you're you're balking at this, this message about generosity. It can also be an indicator that maybe there's a wound in your past that yet you have not healed from. And I would just say the best medicine is to lean in. And to start exercising generosity in your life. We'll get to that more in a minute. But I can't preach on generosity without looking at 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 through 10. Let's take a look and see what the Apostle Paul had. What kind of encouragement he had for the church in Corinth here in these verses. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I'm going to stop right there. That's easy math, isn't it? I love when the Bible is so clear, when God's word is so plain. If you, if you sow a little bit of seed, you're not going to get much of a crop. But if you're generous, then you'll, you'll get a lot. It's simple math. Let's continue verse 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. I love this because God is not forceful. He's saying you've got to decide. Don't bow to pressure 
Don't give without the right heart, without the right motive. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And the scriptures say they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Again, wouldn't that be awesome if people said that about New Life Church? Not out of pride, not out of how good we are, but just how obedient we are to the Lord. Continuing on, verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. God's the one that provides. That's why you can't outgive him. If you give, he will provide accordingly. Therefore, when you're generous, it's an extension of God's generosity that you've experienced in your own life. And furthermore, a, a heart saturated with God's grace and mercy is a heart that gives generously with the right motive. So why should we say yes to generosity? Why should you say yes to generosity? The first thing, it expands your view of who God is. And it's a healthy thing to have your view of him continually expanded. And secondly, it keeps your heart healthy. So now that we've tackled the why behind generosity, let's look at the what. What do we have that we can be generous with? Well, I think the, the most, probably the most obvious thing that we have to be generous with is our finances. Oftentimes, that's where we go when we think of generosity. That's our first thought, is finances. Let's take a look at Acts 2, verse 45. The early church, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. So yes, we all have finances that we can be generous with. A healthy view of our finances looks like this, though. If you remember back to what generosity is, it's giving more than what's necessary. It's giving more than what's expected. So when we look at our finances and we want to be generous at New Life, our view is that a tithe, 10% of our income, if we give that tithe, if we offer that back to the Lord through the local church, that tithe is obedient giving. And I don't have time to go into that message today, but if we, if we can agree that a tithe is obedient giving and that's what's expected by the Lord, then everything above and beyond that is generous giving. Here at New Life, our generous giving is given through kingdom builders. And kingdom builders, if, you, if you're new to church or new to New Life, stick around a little bit, especially be here next week. Because next week, Pastor Jeff is going to roll out our vision for Kingdom Builders 2022. It's really the, the generosity arm of new life. And I think you're going to be inspired. You're going to be encouraged. And you're going to want to give. You're going to be compelled to give and be a part of Kingdom Builders. Be a part of the generous giving, the generosity of our church. But generosity goes well beyond just finances. So let's look at a few other things that we have that we can be generous with. The second thing that I want to draw your attention to today is your devotion, your devotion to the Lord. Are you given just what is expected, or are you given just enough, or are you being generous with your devotion to the Lord? Again, let's go back to what the early church was doing. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Be generous with your devotion to Jesus this year. 
If you want 2022 to be your best year, regardless of age, regardless of season of life, if you want it to be your best year, be generous with your devotion to the Lord. Go into your your Bible reading each day, not just thinking about, I've got to check this off my list of things to do. Or when you're praying, don't just, it's okay and it's healthy to have a list of people that maybe you're praying for, but spend time, a generous amount of time, just, okay, God, what do you want to say to me? What do, you want, what do you want to speak to me and deposit in me today? I'm in no hurry. I want to be generous with my devotion to you. Remember this, that a yes to something is often a no to something else. And so make sure that we're saying yes to our devotion to Jesus. That we're not rushing it this year. And it might mean that you have to prioritize some things. You may have to say no to some other things so that you can be generous with your devotion to Jesus this year. You also have your time and your energy to be generous with. Recently, this week, I sat down with uh, uh, another Dave from the North Platte campus, and he and his family are just getting connected and, and just kind of exploring new life. And he was asking me, he, he just said, well, tell me, like, where did new life come from? What's kind of the history of new life? And so I was able to talk about the, the faithfulness of the Kearney campus for decades and then the generosity of the Kearney campus when the door was open to plant in North Platte seven and a half years ago. And I was reminded of the missions teams that would come every Friday. They'd stay Friday and they would work all day Friday. They'd work Saturday and then they'd go back to Kearney. And, and the, just the mission team after mission team after mission team getting the building ready and, and the outreach events uh, pulled off so that we could get our name out there and start making connections. And, and I just got inspired all over again, thinking about the men and the women that gave so generously. They would come and they would get there early on Friday morning. They would work all day Friday, sometimes into the early evening hours. And then we would stop, we'd have dinner, they'd get some rest, and then we'd do the whole thing again Saturday. They'd be there for a full day, and we'd work like crazy on Saturday. And then as they were loading up the vans, every single mission team that came out there, now we would call them global outreach teams, our go teams. But back then, every single team, as they left North Platte, they left physically exhausted. Physically exhausted because of their generosity. But watch this, another practical yet supernatural example of how God, you can't outgive him, They would leave physically exhausted, but they would be spiritually refreshed. They would leave so full because of the generosity that they had poured out of their time and their energy. God would give them everything they would need, and they would leave North Platte just excited and passionate and on fire for what God was doing. I have to give a shout out to Monty Standage. He was the leader of pretty much every one of those trips. I love that guy. Um, if you know Monty, you know what a blessing he is. So we can, we can be generous with our finances. We can be generous with our devotion to the Lord, with our time and our energy. We can say yes to being generous with our forgiveness towards others. If you've been hurt recently, sometimes we, we think of forgiveness and trust as one and the same. And just for today, I want you to separate those and be generous with your forgiveness Trust can be repaired over time, but be generous with your forgiveness. Be generous with your grace towards others. After all, 
Christ died for us. You, if you're a follower, if you've surrendered your life to him, you are covered in his grace. So why not be generous with it towards others? The last thing that I want to talk about that we all have that we can be generous with is our worship of God. At the North Platte campus, there's a key leader of ours. Her name is Amy Kaufman. And Amy, she's a key leader. In, she's been in a number of areas. Right now, she's serving in kids' ministry. And I love it because Amy is one of the most just infectious uh, personalities that you'll ever be around. And, and I have to say this. She worships the Lord passionately every Sunday, both when she's leading in our kids' ministry, but then also when she's in our adult and youth service. She passionately worships the Lord. And you know what I've never heard her say? She's never said that, I wish I wouldn't have worshipped Jesus so passionately. She's never regretted being generous with her worship of God. And it's infectious. Other people benefit from seeing her worship God. Who's benefiting from the way you worship God? Who looks at you and sees somebody that is passionately worshiping God and thinks, I want to worship like Michael? I want to worship like Tiffany. I want to worship like Josh. Who's looking at you and seeing such a generous outpouring of worship to God that they are inspired to do the same? This year, let it be a year of generous worship. You'll never regret it. Every single one of us has what we need to be generous. We've covered the why and the what, so let's move on to the how. How can I become generous? How can generosity be a part of my identity? How can I become generous? It's not rocket science. Start. Start being generous. See a need? Meet the need. See a need and figure out how you can maybe activate some other people to help you meet the need. If you don't know where to start, then a great place to start is simply asking God, today will you give me an opportunity to be generous? God, open my eyes to the opportunities around me today to go and meet a need, to do more than what's expected, do more than what's necessary, but help me identify where I can be generous because I know if I'm generous, that brings honor and glory to your name. That when I'm generous, that that is worship to you. As a Christ follower, generosity, it's part of who you are. I love the way Warren Wearsby puts it. He says this, giving is not something we do, but something we are. Giving is a way of life for the Christian who understands the grace of God. The early church got this. The leaders of the early church, they had literally walked with Jesus. They were witnesses of his generosity. They were witnesses of his grace and his love and his forgiveness. They were witnesses of his incredible power and, and the miracles, the signs and the wonders that he could perform. And so they believed. They believed that that was who they were because they had chosen to follow him. The early church was so close to the source of generosity, Jesus, that they couldn't help but be generous. So the answer to how can I become generous? Start. And you'll find God has placed generosity inside you already. Now once you say yes to generosity, you'll find one last thing to be true about it. That generosity is contagious. 
Say contagious. Contagious. Generosity is contagious. Let's look again at Acts 2 for the last time, verses 46 and 47. They, being the early church, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And here's the main point that I want us to catch today. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. New life, we exist to see people find Jesus and have their lives changed. So if we are studying the early church, what were they doing to see people added to their number daily? They were generous. They were generous with their love. They were generous with their finances. They were generous with their praise and their worship. They were generous with their time, and it was contagious. Generosity plays a vital role in seeing people find Jesus and lives change. So let's say yes to it this year. Let's say yes to generosity and watch what Jesus will do at our church. Let's watch and see the lives that he brings into our church, the marriages that are saved, the addicts that are set free, the students that are called into ministry and called into missions. Let's see what God does this year when we say yes to generosity like never before. Parents, let your kids catch generosity from you. May it be modeled in your home. May it be modeled in our FX services. I, I loved my childhood. I grew up with a mom and dad who were generous. And I got to see that. I got to be a part of that often. And so now I love being generous because I saw it growing up. Parents, let's model that for our kids. Grandparents, let's model that for our grandkids. Let's pass on generosity. We've, we've passed on enough stuff in the last couple of years that were contagious. Let's let it be something healthy. Let's let it be something that's going to be life-giving and change the trajectory of our church forever. Let the incredible generosity expressed through Kingdom Builders rub off on you this year and be part of what God's going to do through Kingdom Builders. Be here next Sunday to hear from Pastor Jeff on that. But at this time, I want to invite you to stand to your feet. And I, I can't stress it enough. One of the easiest things for us to be generous with is our worship and our praise of God. So I'm gonna pray, and as the worship teams come at each one of our campuses, let's get ready to be generous with our worship of Almighty God, amen? amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you were first generous with us. We thank you that you loved us enough that you sent your son Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. We thank you that your generous, amazing, unearned, undeserved grace has been poured out upon us. And so, God, may we honor you. May we worship you with our lives. May we see every area of our life as an opportunity to be generous, to be devoted to you, to bring honor and glory to your name. So, God, in this moment, as we respond to what you've been speaking to our hearts, may we be generous with our worship of you. May we not hold anything back. May we never look back with regret at missed opportunities to worship you. So at every one of our campuses today, we, we will lift our hands high. We will lift our voices to proclaim your goodness, your faithfulness, your greatness, oh God. And we just ask that you would receive that worship from us. May we pour out to you, and may we find that we can't outgive you because that's just how amazing and how generous you are. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.